that one. Okay. All right, here we go, guys. So this is Abdulli, the D4 at SUNY Buffalo College of Den the Dental School. And oh boy, is it cold up there right now? Actually, for Buffalo, it's been pretty nice. It's like global warming is definitely having its effect. <laughs> well, <that's laughs> nice. Usually, it should be cold. It's not cold. Uh, Any snow on the ground right now, or is it is it clear? Uh, yes, last night it snowed a little bit, but I think it cleared by now. Uh, but yeah, like it was about like I think it just snowed on Christmas, which was bizarre. That's it for Buffalo, and you look around and. It's January and I was walking around in my balcony in, in t-shirt. It, like it's cold, but like you're not like freezing like what you expect in Western New York. But if you had to pick a day for it to snow, snowing on Christmas is pretty cool. Yeah, like that was important. I was like, I was like, it would be bizarre if there's no snow on Christmas. Like <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. That's always a plus. Um oh shoot, did we switch it speaker mode? Well, here we are. <laughs> We'll keep going. There we go. All right, cool. This is why we practice. So, so Abdullah, you are uh, running your dental impressions page. Very impressive page of uh, 25,000 plus and growing. Uh, like Brendan said, fourth year at Buffalo. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. And maybe how that tied into your, your time there, you know? Um, for me, well, I had a, a marvelous experience at Buffalo. I think it was... Probably I only when I when I was applying to dental schools, I only completed completed one application. Like I was I applied to Stony Brook. They asked me for a biochem grade. I was still taking biochem back then. So I was like, OK, that's not going to work. Uh, so I didn't send the supplemental stuff. And Boston also, they asked me, like, why do you want to come to Boston? And I was like, you're right. I don't want to come to Boston. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's like nothing against Boston as a school. But like I looked at the area I want to stay in New York and uh the only schools that were affordable and good programs were Stony Brook and Buffalo. Couldn't apply to Stony Brook because of biochem. And I was like, okay, let's just apply to Buffalo. You know what I mean? And uh, if it doesn't work out, I'll take a year off like normal people do. So <laughs> it worked out one interview. And then I feel like when people talk about fate, whatever, it was like a very good environment here. Um, they're very progressive. I was like shocked, like how progressive the program here at Buffalo like you talk about social media and certain things back then, four years ago, it was super frowned upon in dentistry. It was like, what is wrong with you doing things on Instagram? You're going to be a dentist. I was like, ah, whatever. Uh, yeah. But Buffalo is like cameras, funding, whatever you need, uh, rooms, people, personnel, editing. They covered everything. And they did not try to claim any copyrights or property to my page. They were like, it's yours. You do your own thing. They really like the organicness of it that I was just sharing my own experience. And at no point um, I felt I was monitored or like, you should say this. How about you do that? Like every once in a while, it'd be like, okay, we have an event. Could you like spread the word? Normal things. So for me, it was a shock of how progressive the program was. And then I look at the diversity of my classmates, like you have also different people. Um, so it really helped. And of course, like it was renovated facilities. So it really helped my image online that you have like such a nice, beautiful labs. Uh, and it's such a great program. <laughs> so, You're really selling Buffalo. I feel like we got to on some stony. Room. I, I was, I was voted for superlatives as like most likely to be a UB faculty. And I was like very happily going to take it. <laughs> it's a, it's a weird thing. Like I really, really had fun here. Uh, as like we were talking about this earlier, there's a lot of things you can do outside uh, extracurriculars. Um, I was, yeah. So for me, I graduated from Syracuse undergrad. I was a major in psychology uh, and biology minor. And then I applied to dental school, took the DATs that summer or like junior year. I think that's when I applied to Buffalo, gone to Buffalo. And now I'm about to graduate from Buffalo. We're hearing back from the match tomorrow. Yo, man. How are you spending the night before match? What's what's your pre-match question? Uh, well, my friend is coming over. Uh, I think Jelani's coming over. And I have my roommate. So it's just the three of us. Uh, oh, say hi to Jelani for me, by the way. Yeah. I will. I will. Uh, he definitely knows you. He, he loves Asda trips. He doesn't stop talking about the Asda trips. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. You should have come on more, man. I know I really wanted to, but me and as you know, let's just say me and as had some run-ins 
certain times but ah. <laughs> for a different for a different day uh but no like i like i love the as a like will and i are very good friends uh jelani is one of my best friends here and he's coming over so i think we're just gonna like chill jelani's a lot of fun great guy great guy yeah. Will's awesome Will's a genius oh my god yeah, no, and he oh he's low key about it. You look at Jelani, and he's like he talks to you super normally, whatever. And then all of a sudden, he does a mathematical calculation in his head in two seconds. You're like, you're very smart, aren't you? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a good thing. Uh, I actually forgot what the question was earlier. It was yeah, I mean, we had everything, you know, like about the journey into dental school. You said it. You were majored in psychology. Yeah. Um, how where, what part of New York are you from, by the way? So I moved to Syracuse, which is upstate New York, uh, yeah. 2011. So my parents moved, for, like I'm originally from Iraq, born and raised, and then I lived in Egypt. In 2011, I moved to Syracuse. So even though I only spent four years in Syracuse, I guess that's why you'd consider my home in the United yeah, States. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Syracuse, small town. It's a smaller Buffalo. That's what I call it. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, so well, you probably do, but like to New York, Long Island people, anything pretty much above Westchester, whether it's all the way in the West or that's upstate for us. Yeah, so anything north of the city is upstate. Once I yeah. got to go through those tunnels, that's it. The bridge and the you know tolls, you're upstate. It's too <laughs> Common far for me. Right? Too far for me. My God, no, it's a it's, it's a good it's a good town. Uh, had a good fun, good good learning experience. But yeah, I went to undergrad there too. Um, number one party school. Really live up to it. It's like <laughs> great basketball up there too. Yeah, the atmosphere was insane. And so where did your as far as the journey into dental school, let's let's parallel it with your journey into social media and influencing. Where where did that start? Was that somewhere along the journey as well? I told you when I was applying, I really didn't know much about dental school until kind of end of sophomore year. My best friend was obsessed with dentistry. I was an art major the first semester. I was kind of like just rebellious. My parents were like super Middle Eastern. You're going to be a doctor, MD kind of thing. And I was like, I was like I'll do art. Uh, you look behind and, you. Huh? Look yeah. You. <laughs> I, I was kind of like, I really thought like I'm going to make it through with art. I mean, like I'm good, but nowhere near I'm going to make money from art. Like that, let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, and uh, sophomore year, I started like, you know, doing a lot of medical interpreting because I speak Arabic. So I was in the hospitals a lot working with all sort of medical professionals and I hated every single one of them. Like not them as a person, but whatever they did was just not fun for me. It was like staying in the hospital. I had to give as an interpreter, I had to give all the bad news to the families. Like if there's, oh, a and I was like 17, I was like, you know what? It was just like, it didn't have a good taste for me and people weren't like super happy. And then my friend was talking about how amazing his dentist is. And I was like, you want to be a dentist? That's so weird. What's, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> like teeth? That's gross. I've never been, like, I don't go to the dentist that often. I have good teeth and I just take care of them. But he was like, no, bro. He just, he makes all these amazing things and he makes this much money and he's always happy. And I started looking into it and it's a very artistic component. I love people. I'm a very people person. And uh, in a dentist office, you get to spend at least, 20, 30 minutes with your patient. Yeah, you're doing a procedure, but for the most part, you get to know a lot about them. So there's this huge human aspect to it. And it's a very good living. And Fridays are usually off. So I was like, it's a no brainer. I got to apply to dental school. <laughs> so end of sophomore year, that's when I switched from pre-med to pre-dental. And I started looking, I was like, what is the DAT? And I was like, I had no idea. And then I found it has no physics in it. And I was like, even better. Like, yeah, it was like took algebra based physics, barely like, you know, it was like, it was tough. Uh, so at that point, I really didn't know what I was doing. And when I got into dental school, as much as it is, I think I was a qualified applicant. It was tremendously lucky too. I forgot to strand in my transcript on time. I ended up applying super late in the cycle. And it was just really frustrating because like it was not really my fault. Like I just didn't know. So when I got in here, I was like, okay, a lot of Middle Eastern Arab students, at least, if you don't have a dental or pre-dental student in your family, you'll mess this up. Not because you're not good at this or you're not a good applicant, you just don't know. So I started making YouTube videos, uh, which, they're no longer on YouTube. 
I made a few YouTube videos talking about like, you know, how to apply and things. And they did, they did fairly well, actually. It was like over 50,000 views for like, oh, couple wow. of yeah. And that's when I was like, the school heard about me, social media. And then I went into them and I was like, okay, I kind of want a room and I want to interview some students. And I thought I was going to get in trouble. They were like, okay, because up, up until that point, I was kind of doing this on my own. And then they were like, yeah, sure. And you want the camera too? <laughs> I was like, yeah, of course I want the camera. It's like, you want somebody to help you with the editing? We got Jason, uh, this media club. I was like, yes. Oh my <laughs> God, that's awesome. So I did a couple of interviews there and they did well. But then it was a lot of work. I don't know much about editing. It was first semester of dental school. I thought I was the smartest human being ever. And then I got really tanked on a couple of the exams. And I was like, wait, I'm not the smartest person ever. <laughs> like, I need to, like, yeah, it's right. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, a, it was a, such a humbling experience. First semester of dental school is still by far the worst semester of dental school for me, even though there were harder years. But that one was just a slap in the face because I really thought, my, like, you, you feel yourself. You're like, oh, with an ego. You're like, I got it to dental school. I'm the man. I got this down pat. And then, boom. and then, like, yeah, like, you get like a, I, I think I remember like the third exam in history, I literally got a 55. The class average was like a 70. I was, I think I was the lowest grade. And uh, <laughs> I walked in, and I was like, because I did well on the first two, I got like, you know, high B on the first one. I'd be on the second one, barely studying. And I think they were kind of like coaching us. Third one, that was, I had no idea what he was pulling these questions on. And that's when I realized like, I need to go to class or I need to show up. I need to actually study because nothing wrong with psychology major guys. I think it's a very tough major, but I did not study that hard in undergrad. I studied more in the first semester of dental school than I did in the four years of undergrad probably. Oh my God. Yeah, I like I was I did like I worked three jobs in undergrad. I did so much and I had very good grades. Um, can't say there's like I think and it's a very good education, but it was a completely different animal. So uh, how were you able to fit in social media, like keeping up with with Instagram? How were you able to? That's why I switched Instagram from YouTube. Uh, I really couldn't edit videos anymore. And I was like, OK, Instagram, take a selfie, post it. Let's see. Let's see. Where it was. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was much easier and uh, it was still new. So I switched to Instagram because of time. Like literally I could not make videos mm -hmm. and I was not, I did not have the experience. Like Laura Vong is very good, but I think she already knew how to do these things. Um, for me, I, I had to rely on people and there's no time. So I switched to Instagram, snap a photo, put a caption, post it. And then I, um, we got one of the photos, dental student thread was huge back then. I don't think they're as big right now or they're still big. Yeah, but they, like, yeah. We, like, were, we were very heavily into kind of monitoring them, see what they do and everything. Um, but when they're private and then, yeah, they just didn't keep up with it. And then we started to notice them stealing our posts. So we were kind of like, oh, all right. Yeah, they were, they were they, let's just say back then, dental student thread was probably the biggest one. Uh, yeah, for, it, oh, it was, it, yeah. Yeah. And then I got featured a couple of times and all of a sudden the page was at 3000 followers. And I was like, Oh, okay. Usually I get like six likes on my personal Instagram. <laughs> uh, so I kept posting. Yeah. People started to like it. Um, initially it was just like to show my mom and my ex back then, like what I'm doing. And uh, it just kept going and going and going. And at 10,000 followers, I realized like there's money to be made on Instagram. I am going to monetize this. How'd you start monetizing your Instagram? If I, if we can ask, you know, So just say no a lot. Uh, if you <laughs> see every opportunity that they send you, you're going to look like a Craigslist page uh, of advertisements. I focused more on creating a personal brand and credit. Um, and uh, so initially it was like giveaways were big, like about two years ago. I think no one giveaways are not as huge or as fun anymore. So I did a couple of giveaways with a couple of companies and my monetization back then was just stuff. Like, you know, whatever they're selling, they will send me the scrubs or whatever the yeah, product. Everybody loves free stuff. Right. Send the stuff yeah. for free and then you, yeah. And then it was, then I started working with, uh, I think it was the first time it was a company that paid me like $300 for like a 45 minute interview. I was like, wait, you would, people would pay for this. Uh, 
So then all of a sudden I just completely scrambled all the scrub companies that I was working with and I started fresh, no sponsors. Um, then I started working with Barco, uh, which is Grey's Anatomy. I remember that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Figs, uh, Figs would not pay their sponsors, which was bizarre. Uh, like they're, like I think it's uh, nothing against the company itself, but the dental students that are posting pictures of Figs and tagging them in their photos should be constant compensated so heavily. Like someone like, like I know, I know, I know a friend of mine. She has about almost twenty thousand followers. She's a Figs ambassador. She does not get paid through them, and each of her posts should charge Figs about anywhere from the two hundred to the three hundred per picture. And uh, of course, you're going to tell Figs that. What do they think they're going to do? Is like, oh, sorry, we can't hire you. But that's why I worked with Grey's Anatomy because I told Grey's Anatomy I was like, okay, there are two important things. I want to keep authenticity in my page, so you can't tell me. Like, oh, wear this color. It looks right. so good. Yeah. Yeah. I want to keep myself and just put you in the background. And they were like, yes, we want authentic people. And I loved working with Grey's Anatomy. I think they were wonderful. Um, then Colgate came in, Philip Sonicare, um, Cranberry USA. There was a bunch of sponsors too. Some uh, work for Buffalo, the area too. Hmm. Um, but I would try to keep it into contract base. And for me, all the money from Instagram is bonus. Like I do not live off of Instagram because as you can see, like recently I've been not posting a lot. I'm kind of like, I'm fed up with the culture. I think it's kind of getting toxic. Uh, Back then it was fun, but right now you post anything and somebody's like always have something negative to say. Someone's always got something to say. What I love about what you're doing though, Abdul, is that in the caption, there's some gold in there. Like that's, that's been my favorite part, you know? Yeah. Like I, I know what people want to see. I know they want to see dances on reels or TikToks because that's what gets engagement. I don't care. I'll post (laughs) like what I think I I, like, you know what I mean? Nothing against people that do that, but like I'll post what I believe is true until the page just dies out. If I cannot be heard anymore, that's fine. But at least like kind of until the end, I was kind of like expressing myself. Uh, I know I could be more creative, maybe add them in a TikTok base, but then all the money that I made from Instagram, I kind of invested. So I was making more money outside of Instagram at some point than I was making Instagram. So I was like, even if the page dies out, who cares? Uh, I like how you're keeping it genuine to you. You know, like you're not this, there's no conversation of a sellout here because, and we have so much to continue going for. You're giving this from the bottom of your heart. I mean, like you said, you're doing this to show your mom, like what you're doing. This is awesome. Yeah, you yeah. No, it was along the way, and uh, it paid off. And you know, whatever happens in the future happens. That's the thing. A lot of people like rely on Instagram as a mean. I saw Instagram as a. I already knew it was temporary, and and right away, when I saw like I was getting like nine thousand likes at some point on some of the photos, I knew that was going to be temporary. And there is a huge addiction component to this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's kind of like for me, I really needed a more sustainable source of income. But if I knew that I can still make money off of social media, by all means, I'll do it uh, as long as it does not compromise my message. So like today I posted about MLK and I just posted not I have a dream quote. I posted one of my actual favorite quotes of him uh, because I've read about his history. But like people are posting different things about MLK, about like being vacation. And I was like, I was like, no, I want, I want to post what I think about. And do you think MLK. most people are posting about MLK because they can use the hashtag and get more views and a couple of more likes out of it rather than actually yeah. appreciating him the way, you know, someone. Yeah, it's like it's a, it's a day of service. That's what it was. MLK day was designed as a day of service. So like, I know that post is not going to get thousands of likes. I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I posted it. And if I, if one person, I always thought like if one person's life was better from what I did, I already did my job. And I think yeah. I've helped people. So whatever happens to the page right now, oh, well, okay. It's a win. So in that sense, the dental impressions page is, it's, you know, it's done its job. And what would you say to the next student that wants to build up their Instagram page? What's the advice you'd give to a dental student now trying to market themselves the way you were able to? I think I was lucky that I started at a critical time let's just put it that way back then it was very easy to grow if you're consistent and I was very consistent on social media now you have to be very engaging 
So if you're willing to start a page right now, you'll need to be posting on a daily basis. You'll need to be messaging and responding to messages on a daily basis. You'll need to be communicating with other pages as well. So it's not just posting. You need to go on like students of dentistry page or iDentistry page and you need to comment and you need to engage all that to drive traffic to your page. So it's not as simple Take a photo. Was, right? Yeah. 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 Now the algorithm changes every month. So if you post the same hashtags on two photos right after each other, you're still spamming the algorithm. Therefore, they're going to, uh, what's the word? Uh, they're going to shadow ban your next post. Shadow banning is like basically kill the engagement on your next post because you use the hashtags on the first post. And there's no book where it tells you like, okay, this is what you got to do. <laughs> you got to figure it out on your own. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, right? error. it's a wild, wild west. So like for, for me, when I tell people that are trying to start, it's like, I'm not going to lie to you. There is money in it. There is a lot of fun. There's a lot of reward. You're going to get a lot of compliments, a lot of job offers, but it's a job, you know? Uh, and if you, you're and you're going to be criticized by now i feel like the stigma is a lot less than it used to be before because you paved the way i like you <laughs> dental impressions paved the way for us i feel back then like you know i i heard things from faculty students like not necessarily even though i talked about all the supports but they're like who do you think you are what are you doing it's like i don't care man like i'm i'm very like I, i'm very thick-skinned in general it's like when somebody says something bad to you or i hear behind my ears like oh they're probably just having a bad day <laughs> <laughs> It's so true though, right? But you can't, you know, can admit it. Yeah. Oh, and just a runoff from that question is how did you prevent it? Because you said it's toxic. You know, it is, it can be addicting to be on Instagram, involved with Instagram. How did you prevent that from one, taking over your mental health and personal life? And two, prevent you from kind of taking away from school? Because here you are, dude, match days tomorrow. You're going to be fine. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I always, as I mentioned, it was not a central part of my life. Like whatever I post on Instagram is what I want people to see. Like I'm president of my own club. I'm very involved in the school and the community. I'm very involved with my family. Instagram, at the end of the day, it was I was very obsessed with it. Like I'd say second year of dental school. Uh, that's where my biggest growth spurt happened. But once I monetized it, I was right away, I was relocating. Uh, because I want to put a lot less emphasis on Instagram and a lot more emphasis on myself. Mm -hmm. So um, I found contracts, right? So I know what I need to do for the week. I need to post six times for January and I need to post a video for Colgate and I need to post a reel or whatever for this other company. Mm -hmm. So I work with contracts only, for example. I, don't, I try not to do single post things. I say no a lot, like to a lot of things. Like if somebody sends you like, listen to your periscopes for a photo. It's like, sorry, can't do it. Simply, like just like no explanation. You don't owe anyone any reasoning, just can't do it. Um, and it's a matter of like, in, yeah, Instagram is a dynamic. It's always changing. So while you're working on building it, work on your exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's the only way I kept it from being super toxic. And it did, did consume a lot of me in third year because that was like the most intense year in terms of school. And then I was like, you know, I was, I, I really bit more than I could chew third year of dental school, especially with the amount of contracts that I took and also lack of interest in general. Like I didn't feel like, like the content that I want to post is not engaging, but it's real. So kind of like an inner struggle is like, I know what people want to hear and what's going to work. But at the same time, this is what I want to say. And this is what I want people to look at me uh, like. So um, that part, that's when I realized, like, like I mentioned, if it gets 600 likes or if it gets 9,000, that's not my job anymore. I'm going to like post what I think people should hear, not want to hear what they should hear. And if it doesn't work, by all means. Survival of the fittest. I just, the page well, should die out. Well, staying as yourself obviously paid off. So, you know, there's no reason why it should continue that way in the future. I feel like long-term, that's all that's really going to matter is that you you stayed you, you know, you didn't become Janu, you didn't become, you know, Barco, right? So I think long-term, that's going to pay dividends. 
I think it's already paying dividends, like in terms of like, because like you kind of, when you, when you stay true to yourself, you earn respect of your peers and your classmates. Like if right after I was critiqued, I just shut down the page. No one would still respect me. It's like, oh, he tried and failed. <laughs> I, I kept with it to the point that you kind of like force yourself into reality. It's like, well, you don't like it. That's your problem, not mine. I'm, I know I'm doing a good job here. Uh, so it's paying its dividends. I think Instagram has paid tremendous dividends for me and I really appreciate it for an opportunity. Uh, How do you see it? So like moving forward for me, because I mean, what, six months, you're not going to be the dental student anymore. Do you see this tying into your career? Yes. I think I'm going to continue this. As I mentioned, the only time I'm going to stop this page is when it completely just like probably get like 30 likes a post, like no one, like it's not engagement anymore. Um, so I'm tying into my career in terms of, I already got job offers and, and things based on Instagram, really worldwide, mm. Sharjah, Dubai, Michigan, like in here. Um, uh, and, uh, it's a good opportunity. It's like basically my resume is out there. It's like, why do you, why are you a good candidate? I don't have to describe to you in words. Go look at my pictures. Like I post my clinical work. I post my friends, the type of things that I talk about. I'm, a, I'm an open book. So it really opened a lot of doors. Uh, and in the future, I think it's going to be very attractive for a practice to hire me because of my branding and marketing skills. Uh, because there's a huge, like I always said, Instagram is like, you know, when people say like your first impression is made on your reception when they see a receptionist or the door. No, people creep now. Like they look you <laughs> up. So your, your first impression is, on social media so if you and that's a beautiful thing because you can pretty design that first impression so when people come into the office they're going to come in with a positive bias they already think i'm great because of what they saw and if they don't think i'm great they wouldn't have shown up in the, in the practice in the first place so you know everyone that's going to walk through the door that have seen you likes you so you, that gives you a lot of room and flexibility with the treatment because yeah. you build trust and there's a, a positive prejudice towards you because you already created that first impression before they even walk into the office. Uh, you started that rapport with a patient before they even walked in the door. It's that's why I keep telling my classmates, like social media is important. Your ratings are important. Unfortunately, now you go to a dentist that has 2.8 ratings. I don't care where you graduated from or what level, what rank you were in the class or how good your hand skills are. 2.8, if that was a Chinese takeout place, no one's going to buy from there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and if you're a dentist, no one is going to go there. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of the older generation still don't see it. But our generation, we know. And that's so true. Your first impression is made on social media sure. first. Now, you said that works to your advantage, for, and it does for you. Sometimes, you know, students, it might not work. It, it doesn't really negate. Sometimes it might not work to your advantage. But I just want to input, like, sometimes dating doesn't go that well. <laughs> doesn't go that well for the impression, you know? No, I don't. I don't like, uh, like, a lot of the, the dental impression. Like, if I dated somebody, they don't know about that page. It's like, I just, it's kind of like, only the dental people would know about it because it's kind of like, it's a little super into dentistry, which for the normal person, it's kind of odd. You know what I mean? Like if I look at myself sophomore year of undergrad and somebody has a page about teeth or dentistry, I'm going to be like, that's a weird person. <laughs> <laughs> you don't expect to be talking to a lot of finance majors, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, but like you mentioned, it could be negative. Like you're designing your positive first impression you could completely mess it up if you have no idea what you're doing. That's why like social media education now. Yeah. So in, in, that, in that sense, you have a very good grasp of social media and business moving forward. Do you feel that in, as dental students, we are taught enough about that to be successful? Are we set up for success or do we have to learn that on our own? Like branding and marketing and business? Branding, marketing, I business, et cetera. I think as a school, Buffalo was wonderful and fantastic, but no, mm. I have no, 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 no. Like a lot, of, especially a lot of people that come in with like uh, science, it's heavily science background. Like I did social science and I did a lot of marketing and branding in undergrad, but from somebody with a biochemistry perspective, they see the world a little bit differently and your patient sees it completely differently. Like the paternalistic of dentistry and how people just tell you what to do because we're smart 
We know what we're doing, but that doesn't matter if your patient doesn't want to hear you. So the branding and the marketing aspect and how to run a business, that's not the, I don't think it's emphasized in dental school. And especially in how competitive the market is right now. And you have no idea if you're going to work corporate, they're going to work private, they're going to work in a group practice, they're going to work solo. There's so much that we don't know about that I feel like we're going to be left out. The lucky ones are going to have good mentors. Mm. The unlucky ones are going to regret ever being in the profession. Uh, and that's, even if you had a good dental school experience, I feel like that could still happen to anyone. So kind of like, I'm still wishing good luck to everybody that graduates <laughs> to find the right people. You made a great point too, because you said kind of when we started, and it was the same for us, three, four years ago, four, you say four years ago, um, starting Instagram pages was super, super, like it, for us, when we saw it start, super frowned upon, dude. I mean, that's why like we had started Students of Dentistry because we were like, we don't want to put our faces on it because it's front of, and now it's like, oh, you're featuring the stories. Yeah, that's what the message was the whole time, but it wasn't accepted early on. And now it is. How do you think incoming dental students having that caution of where it's not frowned upon? Now it's actually like, we see that there's so much education starting to be put out on Instagram. It's not frowned upon anymore. It's encouraged. It's encouraged by Buffalo. How do you think it's going to change for dental students, future dental students coming into school now, next year, for example? I think residencies and jo jobs in particular are going to be a lot first. They're going to be looking at your social media residency. I think they're still kind of like set on in their own ways. Yes. So for example, if you're trying to get a job, I highly recommend you get a very good dental photography camera because if you make it look good, it will attract attention. I'm not going to say it will sell because we're not selling anything here, but <laughs> if it's looks good, then if you learn at a young early stage how to take the right photos how to present yourself how to brand yourself it's a very good practice like because it's just an instagram page and you have 100 followers in the first year so if you mess up no one cares but you'll be learning like the social media education we talked about it's kind of going to be integrated early on it's like okay this is getting engagement this is not getting engaged this is what the public wants to say it wants to hear but it's not what i want to say Therefore, I should be careful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's good to start small. Um, yeah, because then you're not so worried about when things go wrong. It's got two likes. All right, try something else, right? So I think a lot of people in Buffalo are also like starting up right now. And I see they're all have Instagram pages. And still, like you hear like, you know, upperclassmen is like, oh, my God, you think you're going to do this? Like, you're going to be the new dental impressions. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, yes, that's me. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, it's me. Just do do it. Mess it up. You know, especially starting small. You're uh, you have the potential. The upside is learning a lot. The downside. No one is going to care about the page. That's that's literally the downside. It's just going to die out. So uh, from an early stage, I would. And like we're talking to Buffalo because we want to do a dental photography rotation, which was almost a thing right before COVID. Like literally we had the syllabus written, everything, then COVID hits. So what we're trying to do is look at the things that we get from Henry Shine and see the things that we can get rid of and have the students buy a camera instead. Wow, that's huge. smart. That is huge. And create a portfolio from first year. It's good to look what, where you started and where you ended. It's also like just the psychological feeling of it. It's like, wow, this was my first class too. That looks like a turd. <laughs> this is what I do now. You know what I mean? It's like, it is because a lot of times you forget how bad you used to be because you're so good right now. You're like, oh, I can do a class two, my sleep, whatever. I drop in a box. But remember when you were almost crapping your pants, dropping a box during a practical. These are the moments that you have to remember. It keeps you humble. That's exactly but, what a camera to take a picture of yourself with the tears running down your face. And <laughs> <laughs> because you look at this and you cringe and that's fine. You're going to look at the old things that you used to do and you're like, wait, I came along so far. This is who I used to be a cringy version of who I like what I see right now. So even if it's bad, as long as it's not bizarre where you're like insulting somebody or you're being racist online, like that's definitely <laughs> like you got to be careful. But if, if you post a, a cringy post and you look at it five years from now, and you're like, wow, that was cringy. Well, you learned something. You'll never do it ever again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so social media is important, I think, for upcoming classes. It is. And actually, another, another so there's one more point to that where like incoming students where 
where you were saying jobs are going to be looking at, all right, who's actually put some work into kind of taking record and putting it out there on their perform performance in clinic aspects and stuff. But now it kind of makes a track. You're setting yourself up for a tracker. Just like you said, you look at your terrible class to your first year. Now you're looking at where you are fourth year. And guess what? That journey is something that your patients can fall in love with. Right. So they're, they're gonna, that's what's going to happen to you. They're going to, they're going to be able to look all the way back in time. Look at how far he's come. He's a clinician. Now, this is the guy I go to. They're telling aunt Margaret, aunt Margaret's loving you. Like this is yeah. what we're looking at now. This is the future. And a lot of times people don't really like, I can look at your old posts anyways. They're going to look at the like top six. So as long as you're doing fine right now, even jobs, even when they're going to look at it, they're going to like, okay, that's the follower account. That's the amount of likes. These are the last six photos. They look great. All right, let's do it. Um, and if you want to archive old posts, by all means, when you apply, you can do it. Uh, but it is, I think that's just, I, and you know, it's, I hate it. I really hate the culture of Instagram, but whether you hate it or not like it, you have to be educated about it. And you have to understand that this is just the way life is right now. Exactly. So if you're going to fight it by saying, I'm not going to join in, you're not going to have any influence to change it. So you have to change it from within. Right. Uh, it's about identifying the positives in it. You know, it's about showing your journey along the way. I'm doing uh, another question. Cause I, I don't want to take, we don't want to take too much of your time. You know that you're, we know you're busy. Um, no, you whatever, however long you guys got. Sweet. Uh, awesome. Um, how would you, you, you've already actually mentioned some points. How would you recommend to that student? Like the low, there's a very, very high floor ceiling thing. How would you recommend someone starting? Say someone's starting dental school in six months, what should they do and kind of like keep their head on their shoulders? For me, what I, what I consider professional or not professional is I just think about like, what would my mom be okay seeing? Really? Like, you know, when you're posting things, especially on a public page, I'm going to be like, if my mom finds this, am I going to be in trouble? Because I'm 25, but my mom is Arab. Like, I'll be in trouble. Like, <laughs> I'm in trouble anyway. So, so like, but so to keep it professional is very important. I do have my own private page, which I only share with my friends and close friends. And that's, that's fine. You, you have the right to, to express yourself. But don't forget that expressing yourself and being professional sometimes don't align and know what your platform is about. Is your platform about expression or is it about branding, describing and expressing who the people want to see about you? Remember that first impression thing? So when you're designing your posts, just think of these parameters. Is this family, professional kind of thing? Like, I, I, like because professional is kind of hard to put into words, what is professional, what's not professional. Like if you hold a glass of wine, is that not professional? If you post a picture in a bikini, is that not professional? It's like, if I'm posting the picture in my swimming suit, am I okay with my parents seeing it? Yes, then it's professional. For me, then it's professional. If I can hold this glass in my hand and my mom is not going to yell at me for holding it, <laughs> then she's going to yell at me. For me, that's not professional. I'm not going to post it. Like, simply put. Uh, because, as I mentioned, the word professional is very broad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so and that's fine too so like make it your own really uh people are going to tell you how to do it better how to do it worse make it your own don't listen to these opinions uh so in, in that sense of, of making it your own now that with uh, we've seen i'm sure you have too with the you know with covid everybody's posting their vaccination card picture and there are a bunch of trends that go on where everybody kind of falls into the same line of photos how can somebody make instagram their own without, you know, with keeping up with trends, but not, you know, falling into the conformity line of. But we do know that these trends work. So every once in a while, you can sell your soul a little bit and just join a trend for the betterment of society. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of trends, but at times, like, I have a sponsor and they really like the trend. It doesn't go against my moral code. I just don't like it, but I'm going to try to make it my own somehow. Like, mm -hmm. if I'm going to join the trend... I'm going to translate it into my own words. So if I'm going to be posting the COVID vaccine photo, I am going to look at what everyone else has posted and think about like, okay, what do I have to say about it? You know what I mean? That's what I mean by making it your own. You can join a trend and make it your own. And I think that's the most brilliant way to explode in terms of following is once people, it's going to take a while, but once it, like, I just like, it just like rips, like you're just, 
everything is just gonna like everyone's gonna be following you all one day so um you can join trends but think about it from your perspective i think unique yeah sure yeah actually sean and i were talking about this and he goes like sorry so you were gonna take this this photo how would you do with the vaccination i was like I would want to be giving the vaccination, not getting it, right? Not the car. I don't want to be yeah. my needle stuck in someone's arm. Yeah, and, and that's like unique, I think. Uh, like it's perfect. Like I know I, I signed up to do the vaccine. Like Buffalo is trying to be a vaccine center. So I signed up to be one of the students to administer. So hopefully I'll get in. Uh, but yeah, like you said, you want to administer the vaccine. I called like, it. I call it you. I don't want to see you. It's going to be on dental impressions this week. Like, I'll, I'll credit you if it happens before. I'll credit students of dance on training. But no, it's a, a matter of like people are talking about the vaccines. Like I did this for you. Uh, we, we, you stay at home. We stay out. So you stay at home. For me, I'm like, mm, you guys have no idea what social psychology is like. People are looking at us like we're pretentious. People are looking at us like we're a bunch of, like we think, oh, we're saving, like, no, I'm sorry. I'm a dental student. I don't think I'm saving anyone's life right now for the most part. Like I am just doing what I'm required to do. I'm doing a lot of fillings. I am preventing disease. I'm enhancing the well-being. But I cannot take credit for somebody that is in the ICU working right, right at the front line of COVID. And you see that a lot with these pages. They were like, you're wearing a pair of scrubs and you're staying at home and you're talking about like how you're saving lives. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it works. Nothing against it. I'm open-minded, but I wouldn't do it. I, just well, I, I think that goes to what you said. You, you start losing track of yourself when you try a little too hard to, you know, to become a trend. Like, yeah, become a trend versus being yourself. And, you know, it doesn't always pan out the way that people expect it to. And I think these are the saddest people on Instagram eventually. Like, you will get all the attention and all the likes, but it will fade. Uh, like our, our attention span as a human being, we don't care. Like eventually, no matter how, like I, like right now when I see my number fluctuates, like you lose followers, you gain followers. I get it, man. Like you don't care for me anymore. And that's completely fine. You do not want to see me posting another photo because you've had enough. You've had your fill. Good for you. Like literally, like when somebody unfollows a page, I don't get angry. I was like, I get it. Like there are times where I would unfollow somebody because I just, I've had enough. Mm. Is it because they're a bad person? No. Is it because I'm a bad person? No. So you also need to accept people's taste. People taste change. So, you know, like when you, your, your follower count is going to fluctuate, but if you're going to change to keep the follower count, uh, you're losing yourself and you're losing people. So yeah. that's also an important message. People are going to lose taste in your flavors doesn't make your flavors bad it just means they've had enough and that is totally totally fine i think it's very healthy that some people would follow certain pages it's like if i keep talking about how good i'm doing in dental school and somebody didn't get in this cycle they better unfollow me because every single time they look at the photo is going to remind them of what could have happened what they didn't do yeah. yeah and if they did that for that reason or for no reason at all just don't feel like it that is your right to unfollow the page and not listen to what I have to say. And I think I congratulate you. Do it by all means. Like, you know that's, what I mean? It's an, that's an interesting take too on how tastes change over time. And they do. That's something we've been implementing on the page. Yeah. It's like now we're doing the question of the day. We, yeah. we get up early and we make these questions every single day. Like we're trying to catch um, that, that change in where, okay, they're very interested in this, the journey. Now they're interested in like, I'm trying to build my education, my knowledge base. And now we're trying, oh, now the end of the day. So we put up a reel or a funny story. Now it's like, so that's a great point. It's about catching people as they change. It's so hard. Yeah. And that's what makes it difficult. And that's why, like, when I see my page likes fluctuates, it doesn't phase me anymore. Like, really, like, I totally get it, man. Like, when somebody's like, oh, your page is like not getting enough likes because I'm not giving them what they want. And that's fine. Like, I don't have to force myself to give somebody something. <laughs> I'd rather just have them leave. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to get out of my way to give you what I can't afford. This is all I can have. This is all I have. It's not enough for you. Okay, man. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, good, it's a clean breakup, you know? No hard feelings. <laughs> and I also think, like you said, that the algorithm changes every month. You know, yeah. people aren't, you're, we're not getting as many likes as we got three years ago, two, uh, two years ago, right? Like a year. It, it changes. 
it changes yeah. and then the reels are getting up oh my god they're exploding we got six million views on one the other day like whoa yeah so like you you can tell what because instagram is a business they want people to be glued to their phone right so it's a matter of like do people want to hear a woke meme about Rumi, or do they want to see somebody like change three different color scrubs in a reel i think the scrub thing is a lot more entertaining to be quite honest if i had to choose I'd be like, I'm flipping through reels, but it's a matter of like uh, up to your taste. Like, you know what I mean? And it's important to look at the trends. And as I said, follow them. It's not about like, oh, I have to be me all the time. You could be wrong. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> also another part, you could totally be wrong. Uh, so yeah, reels are getting good. I got into a couple of reels. I posted one where I was just doing some suturing, whatever. And then I was like, wait, I'd made this in 15 seconds. And it was like 10, 12,000 views. I was like, okay. Yeah. So if you know how to do reels, you'll be making good follower count. You're going to be doing very well for yourself. Um, so it's good. But for me, I feel like I just kind of lost the flavor of Instagram. It does not feel as good to me as it used to be. Again, that's totally fine. I have new passions now. Um, do you think they'll bring it back where they stop this push for business and like business through Instagram and maybe a push again more for that organic just interest? You know, like at Facebook. Look at Facebook. Yeah. Look back for like 10 years ago when people get like 500, 5,000, 10,000 likes on Facebook. Like, yeah. do people care? Like, you see what Facebook is only ads. Mm. Instagram is the same thing. It's, a, it's kind of like, you know, like it's going to grab attention. Like, same thing with TikTok. They did that too where any person can go viral, then all of a sudden your engagement gets less, 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 less. But at that point you have gathered so many people into the platform, you can start charging more and more and more. So why are you gonna bring back organic feed if you can charge for ads? Because people are already, like you gotta understand, most people on the platform are not posting, they're watching. So whether it's an ad or you, doesn't matter. So if you tell me that Instagram one day is gonna go back to the way it is, you're wrong. I'm sorry. It's not, I don't think, I don't see it. It's never going to happen. It doesn't make financial sense um, because like soon enough ads are going to look just as organic as normal posts. Isn't that nuts? I think that's the way it's not like Instagram. It's crazy. It's, 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 crazy. it's so smart on their part, but it's, it's, it's yeah. tough to grow as a business then because you're, you're limited as to what you can do. Yeah. So you look at Facebook. That's what I see. Like, that's what happened to Facebook. And that's what's going to happen to Instagram. So for me, like when I started, I told you, I was already aware that this is not going to last forever. Like, so uh, it's a matter of like, but at the same time, I do think there are people that are smarter than me and the platform that they can still utilize. Like you said, reels go live. Like I think uh, Jordan Brown is doing a fantastic job right now, engaging his following. Doing big stuff on reels. We got one going up for him this week, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, like you can see, like a lot of people are embracing the trend, and I think his reels are him. Like it's true to himself. I like them. Um, so it's a matter of like it's going to change constantly, but it'll never go back to the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like what you said, how people are still watching, you know, and we talk about this all the time. It's like, it's like you have the 2% that are the content creators. And then you got the nine, maybe even less. And then you got the 98% that are always going to be the content watchers. They're the viewers. And soon enough, they're going to be only watching ads. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just the way it is. Like it's all going to be manufactured, fabricated ads. Uh, now that's like, you know, a problem for a different society, but like, I, you know, the, the Shamath, he's a new billionaire, kind of like in the block. He just invested in Clove and uh, he owns the Warriors, I think. Mm. Uh, he was talking about like how nowadays businesses are focused on psychology. It's about the dopamine release. It's like, you know, things that explode in money. They're not, not healthcare, better food, better diet. No, it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, things that are giving the positive feedback loop right away. And these are going to be the way it is until it collapses, until society basically, if we continue, this society will collapse because our funds are going to companies like Instagram and TikTok and, and Snapchat. And you look at our healthcare and our other things like education systems, 
they're decaying. We're living in a capitalistic society. We got to understand that we have to make it profitable for the money to go back to the other direction rather than like telling people, no, you should just like stop supporting Snapchat and support healthcare. No, just make it profitable for them to support healthcare. Um, that's how I think about the world. And that's the way how he thinks about it. I'm not trying to change you, but the only way I can guide you into this right path is if I'm, it's a negotiation. Where are you going to get out of it in return? Right, right. If I make healthcare more profitable than Snapchat, I don't know how to do it though. Like, <laughs> you figure that out. <laughs> you don't have to work as a dentist we're, anymore. We're working on our garage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, but like that's, that's the way you can make change in America. Not like, you know, things that are happening. It's just... Uh, one COVID vaccine picture at a time. Uh, one healthcare hero at home. <laughs> it's the dopamine release. It's the COVID vaccine release at that point. It's people and their likes. But like that psychology driven business type that we have in this modern society, everything is psychology driven. Everything is about uh, addiction. Really, it's like how addicted can people become to this app is how profitable this app is. And that for me that's what i'm saying is toxic it's bizarre and people like myself and yourself we're trying to post genuine things that would help someone right we're not make it because we're not we're not emphasizing what the message of these apps are we're trying to send our message we get yep. lost in the shuffle amongst all the other more profitable ads that are out there and you know we kind of get pushed aside but like you said it's on us to fight it back and try to and we will fight it back. You know, we're putting out positivity. We see these trends of these other things being put out there on our social media pages and platforms. And I mean, that's all we can do is put out positivity, right? We're being ourselves. We're trying to support others and bring them into healthcare. No, I think people will be fed up eventually. Like the desire for change is more and more every single day because we're being really put in a corner, like us with our debts and stuff like that. I think we both go to very financially reasonable schools. <laughs> But I still think that Buffalo is still expensive. Like, you know, 330 for four years, that's the total cost. Below average, still a lot. So instead of like somebody tells me, well, like, well, people at NYU pay almost $700,000. I was like, that's not an excuse. You're still charging too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just because someone's charging more, they're wrong, but you're still wrong. You know? So a lot is still a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, it's 300. It's only 330. Since when is. 330s has been an only 330. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> only. <laughs> like I can just yeah, I can just charge my dad's credit card on it. Like you know, what I mean, it's like doesn't it's a it's just a bizarre thing that's happening. But okay. I feel like we, we're straying from the topic, so I don't want to take more of your. No, your, let's go into some fun stuff. Let's go. With, all right, all right, all right. So let's say, um, all right, something fun. What? How are you going to spend your first paycheck? Ah. Uh, before down school, I would say partying, but right now I'd probably just say, probably buy something from my parents. And if there's any leftover, I'll invest it. <laughs> it's like- That's really I'd be, sweet, I didn't expect that's, that. That's really cute. Yeah, no, I'll probably buy it. Like, I feel like, I, I, the first thing that I'll probably just buy something for my mom and my dad, because he gets jealous if I don't. <laughs> Uh, good point, what are we thinking now? Rolex or are we going like something? Like no, they, my parents, no, my parents are simple. My dad would be like more like really fancy gardening stuff. My mom does like certain things, maybe like jewelry or whatnot. Yeah, he doesn't love jewelry. Gotta go jewelry. Yeah, yeah. Like Middle Eastern, not, not stereotyping, but from my mother, from my experience, she does, <laughs> as a Middle Eastern woman, she does like jewelry. Uh, so probably something cute with my picture if you open it or whatnot. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I think the first couple of paychecks is going to be gifts. Because like a lot of family members and friends, they've been going through a lot with me, and I've been a pain. This way, got to get the good lighting, mom. You got to deal with it. So now they get the reward. Right, that's fair. Yeah, it's like kind of like here. I'm just gonna pay my way out of the, the whatever I put you through. <laughs> All right. So I know you spoke about before art being, um, you know, a big part for you. So in that sense, what's your favorite part of dentistry? Is it the cosmetics of it? Is would you say that's your favorite part of dentistry, or is it? patient-based i love margins like margins. margins for me is like insane like that thing was an obsession a toc and a margin because as i said i've been wired probably because of instagram to watch the perfect crown preps so whenever i do a crown it's like i'm just looking at it it's like this is beautiful 
is going to be like I'm going to use this, I'm going to use that. The treatment planning aspect of dentistry for me is probably a favorite. I know a lot of people don't like that, but treatment planning in dentistry is like kind of like finding clues. It's like okay, this patients have a lot of bone loss, has a lot of problems. What is they eating? What's their diet? Like I've had a patient that is uh, she wears a full hijab and in a cough, she covers everything. We're just freedom. She can do whatever she wants. But she has a lot of bone loss and a lot of bone problems. And I don't see any vitamin D supplements in her health history. And I'm like, when's the last time you've seen sun? She was like, uh, 20 years. And she got all these perio surgeries, all these extractions, all these bone problems, all these medications. And I'm like, not a single person thought about that. Maybe she just needs a vitamin D supplement um, and some sun exposure. So like I started working with a patient a couple months ago. And then she was like, okay, I, I just stand by the window, catch some sun when I'm home. And I've been taking the vitamin D supplement. You can see the life was coming back to her. So for me, these little things about treatment planning is fun. Medication history, health history, get to know the patient better. Like uh, comp orals are very dreaded appointments for people. Now that I'm done with a lot of my requirements, I do the comp orals and the treatment planning just so I can give it away because I'm trying to be stronger at it. And I believe if people know how to treatment plan, everything is easy. Um, and I like, I think I'm more of the artistic humanitarian side of dentistry than the scientific. I am very evidence-based, but I kind of emphasize on the art aspect of dentistry. That what drives me. Yeah, the aesthetics, of course. It's like, how can you make it look better? How can, it's like, if it's pretty for me, it's like part of my brain's just go and be like, oh, that looks pretty. Like, <laughs> the dopamine, so. the dopamine, that's his release. So I think that's, it is like, you know, how pretty the prep is, how good the shade matching is. The artistic part of it is my drive. Uh, Did you see that? All these drawings, I mean, you have a huge history in art. Did you kind of see that? You you didn't see that molding into dentistry at all. I saw it because I kind of like used art as an excuse into dentistry. I was like, well, I'm already good with my hand skills. So it's going to be, it's going to make sense. Because like I told you back then, I was not sure what dentistry even is. It's such a mysterious field. No one was posting about it on Instagram. You don't, you can't, like you Google, what does a dentist do? They're going to be like, they restore, extract, they rehab. Like you don't know what they're saying. What is mesial? What is this stuff? No one knows. Uh, so back then I used art as an excuse into saying that dentistry is going to work for me. It's, it's a specialty within health, the health field that translates into good hand-eye coordination. So I think I'm going to be good at it. Um, but I didn't see myself seeing like, oh, I'm going to be doing beautiful fillings because I have art. I didn't even know what compounds yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I bet your mom was like, so is that, is that doctor? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. My mom was like, she disowned me for a week. She was like, you're not going oh. to, I'm not kidding. Like when I was pre-med to pre-dental, uh, my mom was like, no, you can't really? do it. All of your cousins are doctors. What are you gonna oh do? But now they're like obsessed with it. They love it. They're so happy that I chose it. They see how happy I am doing it. Um, but I would, I would have been a horrible physician. I'm not like I really hated it before I even walking in, and I probably would have gotten in, but I don't know if I would have made it out because like mm. it's everything that I just don't like. It's a lot of studying. It's not enough handwork. I just didn't like it at all. Medical impressions just doesn't sound as good either. No, what is medical impressions? Yeah, well, like, impressions is much I was surprised like dental impressions was not taken. That's how low the amount of dentists were on social media. That is such a a good name. I just thought it was like dental impressions. No hashtags, no underscores, no dots, or nothing. And that just shows you how little dentistry was on Instagram. It's like you probably like you a year or two ago, you could have just went add dentist and you would have gotten it. Like, <laughs> Now you got, you're right. You got to add underscore a hyphen or something, a slash in it just to get your. Now you have to like dentistry with Abdullah al Karaguli, student at Buffalo School of Dental Medicine. Like, your name is this whole <laughs> thing. 52 <laughs> characters. So, so you mentioned this patient um, where you help with the vitamin D supplements in the sun. Is there a preclinical experience, or even a clinical experience other than that one that you, know, you worked really hard at and the result you know, paid off? You just felt really good about it. Maybe a story that. Uh, I think. Uh, like fixed prosthodontics. Like I told you, I was very interested in pros and that was mainly because of preclinic. Um, we have a lot of process. I did two research in prosthodontics. Um, not that I was interested in pros back then. I was just 
look, I did well on that fixed pros class and the faculty was like, you should do research. This is something that you should entertain. And I was like, okay, fine. I hate research, but it was different. I did like, I prepped uh, all 28 teeth in a dent form and a typodont on a non-hinge simulated patient. And then, so first we grinded it down, we reduced the vertical dimension, and then I had to increase the vertical dimension. So by preparing all teeth, temporizing them with zirconia uh, pre-milled bridges, like for, uh, uh, sorry, PMA bridges, I temporized them, increased the vertical dimension, did my occlusal adjustments because PMA can do add and subtract, right? Mm. And then use the design of my temporaries to create the definitives. Because at that point, the temporaries was like kind of like how the mouth would look like and how it's going to shape. And in a real patient, you'd send them home for a couple of weeks or months and test the function, the speech, and just modify it. And then with scanning technology, you scan the pre-op and then you scan the post-op design is literally going to be your temps because they were milled too. So these were pre-designed. So they already look aesthetic. They already look good. And by adding and subtracting, you are modifying it. And then you create the zirconia crowns at the end, which I did with Zircad, like still kind of a new material. And that's when I was like, wow, that is amazing. I just prepared every single one of these two teeth. I temporized it. So that's why I was like, wait, research doesn't have to suck. Like, you know what I mean? Like that research was very interesting. And in fixed pros, uh, Dr. C is my faculty. He has a weird way of teaching where he would have at least a practical every week. Wow. But each of them were like 3%, 2%, 4% of your grade. So you could literally get a zero on one of these practicals and still get an A. But every single time you walk in, the nerves of a practical hits you. You don't think 3%. You think it's a practical. Mm. So by the end of it, and he starts you off with the same number 30 and you finish two years later where you have to do another number 30, but you have to do other things with it. And it kind of like shows you what you do. I think you guys have Dr. Swanson, which yeah. actually was a, one of Dr. Sadiq's favorite students. I'm sure. I'm not surprised by that at all. <laughs> yeah. So the way he does it, a lot of students might have not liked it, but for me, he really prepared us for fixed. Because you walk into the practical, you're stressing it's okay to fail. He literally tells you like, it's okay to fail. He's not going to tell you, he's not that like kind, <laughs> but like, if you fail it, he'll just flick it off. It's like, you fail, who cares? You know? So I really like that about that class. It was like three, 4%, but I was practicing a lot. As I mentioned, I was not huge on the didactics. I didn't, for me, if it's boring, I just find a way around it. So I was literally living in preclinic. Like I was doing preps and crowns that I really didn't have to do. But that for me was fun. So pros indirect course was like kind of a chain turning point for me. I was like, you're kind of like see the beautiful margins, the right TOC, the nice reductions. And you compare it to what you see on Instagram because you see a lot of fixed mm -hmm. on social media. Yeah, yeah. That's when you're like, wait, I'm getting close to this. And <laughs> when you start seeing this, it just drives you more and more. So for me, Dr. C is probably a name that I'll have to mention throughout my career. And Dr. Swanson would know him too. <laughs> we'll be sure to ask her about that. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, one more, I guess we, we, we can wrap, but like, uh, so tomorrow's match day, big yeah. day for us. Um, it, I know we, we talked about it a little before. Let's run through kind of your, your ritual set here for good luck. Like tonight, you said Jelani's coming over. I just try not to think about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like whenever you say you're going to get this or you're going to do that, like life is very interesting. They always find a way to like, for it to not happen. Yeah. So for me, I placed my list and kind of, I did not rank all schools. Let's put it that way. There are some programs that I interviewed in that I was like, not a million years. <laughs> I, without mentioning names. <laughs> One of the programs was telling me they don't place a single implant, but you're going to get a world-renowned dentist or old surgeon that's going to teach you about implants i was like wait so if i fail in buffalo and redo a year it's pretty much the same work that i'm going to do in that right <laughs> because like i was like asking was like how much uh, crowns do you do i was like i think about like 12 15 i was like 15 crowns you can do more here <laughs> so yeah they're one of the programs i completely didn't rank so the, the ritual is just i try not to think about it mm. 
from my weird experience in life is I would not in a million years would have thought I'd be here right now. Like I started in Iraq, then Egypt, then Syracuse, then here, then med school to dentistry to art. It was weird. Sometimes what you want and desire is not what's best for you. So whatever you're going to get is exactly what you need. It's like, whatever you're going to get out of this, it is what you need. Because every, that's the point where you realize everything else that didn't happen that you wanted was just wrong. It was not the right thing for you. So that's, that's my, that's how I stay at peace because you fail a lot in life. Oh, yeah. oh we know that. So whatever is going to happen is what you need. Might not be what you want, but it's exactly, exactly to the, to the dot what you need. So just i couldn't think of a better way to to end it than on that note than that's that was actually our last question how what would be one quote that you have for everyone ever all the dental students all the pre-dental like that was awesome i i wrote it down it's Rumi. i've been obsessed with Rumi. i don't know if you guys know who he is he was a sufi uh kind of like and he talks really about transcending beyond you know like things are going to change around you it's just like look like seek change within like a lot of like the great ones and poets. Uh, my favorite one is like, stop acting so small. You are the universe in ecstatic motion. It's like, sometimes the people like just put themselves down. It's like, what am I going to change? What am I going to do? Just stop it. You're not small. <laughs> just take the first step and it's going to work. But yeah, if you want good quotes, look at Rumi's quotes tonight and you're going to feel so good about yourself that you're going to be like, wow. Rumi's quotes? Can you spell? R-U-M-I. Um, okay. He's a, he was like a Muslim scholar, but he kind of, back then he was fought because he was kind of always spreading love message and uh, forget all about like, you know, uh, back then the Islamic culture was very big and like everything was huge. And he was talking about like going back to the basics and simplicity. It's kind of a way, a, a Buddhist interpretation of Islam. I feel like that's <laughs> what I thought about it. But he talks about love and life and just how to be at peace from within mm. his quotes are very soothing um so something to look into i've been posting a lot more about rumi because he makes me happy so i thought maybe it'll make somebody happy absolutely uh, absolutely let's, yeah. let's and let's get your feature let's put a roomy quote let's let how you interpret it and uh, you you can your look at whatever photo you need whatever you like however i could help and as i said i charge the companies not the students <laughs> like for me like any help I could do to the dental students, I always, if I can't do it, I'll just say I can't. But if I can help it, I never charge a, a student ever. Read your personal statement, whatever. But companies, it's my favorite thing to do is just send them an email. <laughs> Rag it up. Yup. <laughs> yes. Absolutely, man. So awesome, again, man. Abdullah, Dental Impressions, thank you so much for your time, dude. Was a, we actually had a lot of fun. We appreciate it. Uh, best of luck yeah, tomorrow thank morning. You. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch. No surprises. No surprises tomorrow. It, it is what you need. It's just what you need. That's right. All right. All right, man. Have, Have a, a good night. Bye.